Hi, welcome to Flip Stories. Uh, my name is Andrew Meyer, and I'm the host of this podcast. Uh, so this is a podcast where we are looking at uh, mistakes made and lessons learned from flipping homes. Um, this episode is number one, and we will be doing these on a weekly basis. Um, in this episode, we're going to talk about how we got started flipping homes and uh, some of the mistakes made on the first one, which there was a mistake made of some property taxes, um, and there are a couple other uh, doozies, including finding some uh, large marijuana plants growing next door. So without uh, further introduction, we'll get into this podcast. So where did it start? Uh, you got to go back to 2008. Um, it was kind of near the end of 2008 and the US economy was falling apart around me. Um, I had graduated in 2007 and I worked for a blog called TechCrunch for a bit. I was an intern. Uh, we worked on a couple things like Crunchbase and their first um, TechCrunch Disrupt conference, which at the time was called TechCrunch 40. I was I, I had the bug to start a company, so um, I decided that uh, I would start a company. So at the time, you know, I was covering technology startups. And also, uh, my, uh, my dad had been involved with real estate development for a number of years. So I was intrigued by that as well. So I decided, hey, let's do something in real estate. So fast forward, you know, I was kicking, tire on a couple, kicking tires on a couple projects was looking at this and that through the end of 2007. You know, it's coming into 2008 and you're reading the newspaper headlines and they're just getting worse and worse. And then all of a sudden Bear Stearns is, you know, stock has gone to almost zero and it's like, oh my goodness. You know, I'm looking at real estate projects and what am I going to do? Like, like literally looks like a dead, a dead end here. So, um, you know, I was like, listen, we're still going to do this. Um, but at the same time, I was a recent college grad. Uh, I was mostly living on uh, savings that I had through, you know, a couple of ventures that I did throughout my uh, college years. Um, I was able to, you know, buy some pasta. I was able to pay rent. Uh, but outside of that, it was keeping things pretty tight and you know, I was like, listen, I think I got a couple more months here. Um, and that's about the time my dad handed me a newspaper article. It was either a Forbes or a fortune article. Um, I'll try to find it and put it in the show notes, but essentially it was about this guy in Tennessee who using a service called realty track was looking up upcoming foreclosures and the whole article is about how he would, you know, go look at them and then go to the courthouse steps and buy them. And he was making money flipping them. I was like, well, imagine that. That sounds great. I was like, how can I do that here in Sonoma County? Next thing I know, I uh, was looking around. I got a subscription to Realty Track, which uh, 
is actually I did not like the service um, and I and I soon uh, stopped using the service but is what I did find out is where the local foreclosures were located or rather where they were selling uh, foreclosures which are also known as trustee cells and it was over in the um, you know by the county courthouse in Sonoma County and so I uh, showed up just started watching seeing what was happening this was you know probably July August of 2008 and I spent about you know a couple weeks just watching showing up and watching and every day every weekday people People would show up, they would have cashier's checks, and they would bid on homes that were selling. And I'd say there was probably about three, two, two to three parties at the time that were the only ones who were showing up. And I remember they were looking at me like, sizing me up like, who's this guy? Does he have money? Is he going to cause us problems? Uh... You know, because it's kind of a competitive thing to be bidding against other people. And the fewer bidders, the better. So, you know, if you get a low bid and there's no competition, then great. So they're like, who's this guy giving me the look? And then I was like, you know what? That's probably a good thing. So let's dig into this a little further. So I soon found out that the realty track was a kind of a dead end. And but as what I did find out is that all of the, the, the notices of trustee cells are posted in the newspaper. So I got a copy of the local newspaper, the Press Democrat, and I started just looking up upcoming cells and then kind of tracking them in a little spreadsheet. Uh, and that's how I started. It was very lo-fi. If you talk to a lot of the old school guys, that's how they used to do it. Um, I did not know about foreclosure radar at the time and foreclosureradar.com eventually is now known as Property Radar. Um, but yeah, so I was going through newspapers, uh, writing down the upcoming cells, and I started driving and looking at them. Um, you know, after a couple of weeks, I found um, a property in uh, Sonoma County in Windsor, and you know, it looked like it was vacant. It looked, the out exterior was decent. And it was coming up for sale the, the following week. Um, or, you know, maybe it was like 15 days out. Uh, so, uh, you know, I was like, hey, this looks, it looks like this is the, the property to buy. So, um, got some funds together. Um, thankfully, at the time, I had already been looking at a whole bunch of other real estate development projects. And so, I had some people interested, family members. Uh, parents who were interested in, um, in it, you know, backing in a real estate investment, which is can be one of the hard, one of the major barriers to most people. But you know, if you can find a family member and offer them the right deal, and they have some uh, some funds they want to invest, it can be a great way because if they trust your your investment judgment, and uh, you're offering them a good deal. And, you know, it's, you know, and especially if you can offer them some security, like a deed in the, the property, um, that, that's a great option. So I, I always uh, encourage people to start with family and friends. You know, you know, they also say don't do business with family and friends. But, you know, if it's a good 
real estate deal and you've properly vetted it, then it's a great option. So anyways, got our cashier's check, went down to the auction and uh, lo and behold, I was the only one to step up and purchase the property. So we get the property and um, you know, before we bought it, we were not able to get inside the property, but we looked all around the house. You know, we were peering through blinds, you know, looking through little cracks and we're like, you know, it looks like the interior needs a, a, a decent remodel, you know, paint, carpet, redo bathrooms and kitchens, but it doesn't look like it's falling down. So, so we buy the property and um, get inside, change the locks, um, and then we kind of go go ahead and do the remodel. Uh, myself didn't, you know, the painting and the demo, um, you know, ripping things out of the yard. Uh, you know, my mom was helping with landscaping. You know, we were doing power washing. My dad helped me, you know, install some tiles on counters. Yeah, I got these really cheap little, uh, you know, vinyl tiles that you just kind of like put down with glue in the bathrooms. I mean, really kept this one just, you know, you know, trying to do the quickest job, cheapest job as possible, but did put in new uh, hardwood floors and carpet and we had paid professionals to do that did a little bit of sheetrock repair we had some you know hired a sheetrock guy to do some repair for us um, we installed cabinets got a, a carpenter a neighbor of my parents to help us with that installed some uh, uh, countertops and we had um, Home Depot they uh, you know work with some third parties and we scheduled someone to come and do the, the countertops. So it was like a mix of our labor. My parents were great and helped out um, and some professionals. So that was kind of like the first one, which, you know, looking back, it's always good to just have the professionals do it. But if, if you don't have funds to do a second one, then maybe, maybe get in there and put a little elbow grease on the first one. But I think it's always generally better to for the budget, for efficiency, quality work is to just hire professionals. So yeah, so during during the remodel, you know, you keep smelling this marijuana. And uh, eventually over the neighbor's uh, fence, you know, these plants are growing up higher and higher. And we're getting closer to them the remodel. And we're like, man, the neighbors next door are growing weed. And, you know, we're, we live in Sonoma County. It's pretty green friendly generally. But, you know, I'm, I'm, at the time I'm, I'm thinking I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be selling this place and I don't want uh, marijuana plants next door. So I start getting a little, a little concerned. Um, and it also looks like possibly that there might be some selling of the said marijuana. And I was like, man, this is going to be trouble. So the marijuana keeps growing. And then thankfully, right before we, we put up our for sale sign and all of a sudden, I guess it was harvest time and the plants disappear. So who knows? Maybe it was the putting up the for sale sign 
that that sobered up the neighbors and they decided to harvest it or who knows um i remember at the time my mom was like really nervous she was thinking like oh no they're gonna they're good like you know what what are we gonna do like are, the, are these people dangerous <laughs> but i think they were just uh they just had a little garden i think it was for themselves maybe share with some friends turned out to be no big deal um uh, let's see here. So the other, so I was always trying to find ways to like save on money. At the time I was very much against real estate agents. I thought the whole, you know, using a real estate agent was a scam. I was like, why am I, why am I going to give these people 6%, you know, 3% to listing agent, 3% to the buying, um, agent. And so I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to list this myself, but I was not a real estate agent. So I did this really hokey thing and I bought, um, and I think you can still do this. You buy a listing. It's like for sale, buy owner, but you pay maybe 300 bucks and like an out of town agent lists the property on your local MLS and they tell in the listing instructions, they tell everyone to call the owner. So you're, so you're a de facto agent, even though you don't have a license. So I decided to go with this hokey approach, very amateur. And, uh, you know, I was doing, you know, doing the open homes. Uh, I was trying to do marketing, create websites. I remember at the time I had this like really ding dong idea that I was going to like, you know, do like gorilla attacks on the real estate you know, agent industry and go into their meetings and, and set up boxes of the donuts with, uh, you know, property info, like in the donut box. And I was like, that was going to be like my big plan was I'm going to take this donut box into this, this real estate agent meeting. I'm just going to break in. I'm going to put this donut box in a very noticeable area and it's going to have all the info about my home. And it's just going to, like magically everyone's going to see it and be like, these are great donuts. Let's go sell this home for this guy. And I just had a whole bunch of like ridiculous ideas like this. Um, turns out all you need to do is get the, the property listed on MLS and the buyers will come. It's, you know, that model has not been broken yet and it still works. And I encourage all people to still use that model um, until something better comes along. And then I'll be the first to uh, not use agents. Um, so fast forward, you know, it's it's December. We finally uh, we get the home and contract. The, the buyers really want to close before Christmas. We're going through, you know, a couple things, a little couple of repairs come up. You know, I've never been through an escrow before. I'm battling back. I'm like, you know, I don't want to repair these things. Hit the road. The agent's like, no, these people, they really want to close by Christmas. We repair a couple small things and we're getting ready to close. And that's when the phone call hits that just my heart sinks. Uh, We have the escrow agent calls me from the title office and says, Hey, Andrew, so we're getting ready to close here. Just wanted to know if you were aware of the unpaid property taxes. 
And I'm like, excuse me? So to take a step back, when you are purchasing a foreclosure at auction, there's no title insurance. There is no escrow. Uh, it's completely buyer beware. You need to do all your own, you know, you go look at title, make sure, you know, that the, the deed of trust, uh, the trustee's deed that you're buying um, is in first position. You know, you don't want to be buying, um, you know, a foreclosure, you know, the loan, the deed of trust that you're buying, you don't want that to be in second position, which means that you're, you would buy this loan for X amount of dollars and then you'd still owe, you'd still have to pay off the, the, the loan in first position. And, you know, you got to make sure there's no IRS liens, property taxes. There's a whole bunch of things you need to look out for. At the time, I was aware of some of these things, but not all of them. Um, so uh, the good thing is, is I dodged a lot of, you know, a lot of little hidden bombs, but I did not check. I checked the current year property taxes, but I did not check at the um, prior years. Uh, thankfully, the amount was not anything huge. It was unfortunate, you know, you know, lose a couple thousand, you know, dollars uh, that you didn't see. But, um, you know, thankfully, it was only a couple thousand and, uh, you know, our margins were still safe on the deal. But, uh, you know, as soon as that I hung up that phone, I started researching for like someone to help me uh, get up to speed on title research. And I, I was able to, through some contacts, come across a gentleman who, uh, you know, was a did did third party title research for people because a lot of the title companies just won't touch the foreclosures because they can't sell you title insurance on it. So um yeah and so some big lessons learned um always check for outstanding property taxes when you're buying a foreclosure um you know um if you're going to sell a home and they're growing weed next door either hopefully your buyers are weed friendly or you hope that it's almost harvest time and um yeah that would be that would be how I got into the flip business. Um, so with this podcast, we're going to be trying to cover uh, mistakes we've made on flips that we've done. And by we, I'm using the royal we. That'd be me. And also lessons we learn along the way. Um, we really hope that you enjoy this um, and that you uh, subscribe and tell your friends. So that's episode one of flip stories and uh we will put out more in the coming weeks thank you for listening